It is American Heart Month, and I am so excited that you are here today as we talk about all things exercise and heart health, how exercise impacts your heart health, what type of exercise that you need for your heart health. That's going to surprise you a little bit. And what's really surprising still is how much exercise you need for a healthy heart. You want to transform your life, to take care of your body, to strengthen your mind. And you want to do it in a way that fits your real lifestyle. Real wellness is for you. I'm Sherry Traxler, a transformation mentor, national speaker, and author. And I'm here to help you unlock your capacity to be, do, and have all you want. Join me every week for the proven principles and the strategies that actually work in your real life. It is so exciting that you are here investing in yourself today. Pat yourself on the back. This is where you belong. Welcome to Real Wellness. It is amazing to me how much misinformation, misguided stuff is still out there that you are exposed to about heart health and exercise, even though there is a ton of research now that is, it's well done research for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years on heart health. And that is what I'm going to be sharing with you today. So how exercise impacts your heart health. There are so many ways directly and indirectly. One of the foundational studies on heart health is the Framingham Heart Study. And specific in that study, they found that the ratio of total cholesterol to HDL. So you know that cholesterol, you know, if you've been to your doctor and you've had cholesterol checked, they're like, oh, how does this all work together? Cholesterol is important for your heart health, but specifically, not just cholesterol, but total cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, that's your good cholesterol, that's a protective cholesterol, and LDL, which is what we call the bad cholesterol. In, in the heart study, it was the ratio of total cholesterol to HDL was a better predictor of cardiovascular heart disease than total cholesterol alone or HDL alone. Well, what does this have to do with exercise? Guess what raises HDL? Guess what raises your good cholesterol? Exercise does. Also impacted that relates to your heart health is exercise lowers your blood pressure. Now in the session itself, in an exercise session itself, your blood pressure is going to go up a little bit, but regular exercise lowers your blood pressure. Also, this one really hit me strongly when a friend of mine had this happen for them, and that is excess glucose, diabetes. That is massively impacted by exercise in a positive way. And my friend that had this happen, Dr. David Marin, interestingly, he is a cardiologist, has type 1 diabetes, but he manages it a lot through exercise. So after a after a meal, he'll check his blood sugar, and if it is not where he wants it to be, he will first go for a walk before he uses insulin. Now, I'm not saying that this is what you should do if you're dealing with diabetes. Don't hear me say that. He is a cardiologist. He knows how to manage all this himself. But what I want to point out to you is that he would go for a walk to manage his blood sugar, not a run, but just a walk. So we know that exercise helps you to manage your blood sugar and not just cardiovascular exercise, but even strength training. Why? Because strength training builds muscle and muscle 
helps to regulate your blood sugar. Also in the Nutrition and Diabetes Journal, they looked at adults and they found that the more muscle mass someone had, the less diabetes they had. So this was a study that was done for that journal or it was published in that journal. And what I loved, loved, loved about this study is that they found this correlation between more muscle is less diabetes, regardless of body composition. Because we often, you know, you often look at someone and say, oh, that person has a high body composition. They have a high fat mass to muscle mass ratio. But this showed fat mass did not matter. It was all about, do you have enough muscle to help your body utilize any excess blood sugar? So if you hear a phrase like glucose utilization, if your doctor or somebody uses that with you, that just simply means how well your body takes the glucose that's going around in your blood and uses it or uses up the excess of it. Another thing that impacts your heart health is sleep. And guess what improves sleep? Exercise. Also important to your heart health is a good mood, not having stress that you don't feel like you're able to manage, anxiety, depression, things like that. All of that impacts your heart health. Well, guess what helps you to regulate mood? Exercise. In fact, it's been shown that exercise is as effective for mild to moderate depression as medication. So we know that exercise is great for your heart health. What types of exercise? I've already mentioned two, and that is cardiovascular. So going for a walk, playing tennis, going for a run, anything that's going to get your heart rate up. Also resistance training. I've mentioned that because the more muscle you have, the more you're able to manage your blood glucose. But guess what? We have this whole thing now about standing, you know, instead of sitting for eight, 10 hours a day, more than that, if you come home and sit and watch TV, what, what does it do for your heart if you stand? There is actually some research out now that's showing, and this, I saw this from a Harvard study, showed that the more time standing versus setting lowered total cholesterol and lowered blood sugar. So you can do your cardiovascular. I encourage you to do that, your resistance training, but also just simply standing more often in your work. In fact, when I record these episodes for you, I do it standing. So that is you just anywhere that you can find some work in your day to be able to stand, set it up to do that. Question number three, how much exercise do you need for heart health? I get this all the time. Sherry, I want to be healthy. I want to have a healthy heart, but I really don't want to be a gym rat. Great news is you don't have to be. Years ago, a study by Dr. Stephen Blair, this was published in the Journal of American Medical Association. He studied 14,000 people at five different levels of fitness and followed them for eight years. This was a big study, very well designed. And in the study, he looked at people in this 14,000 people, men and women, at five different levels of fitness. Level one was no fitness, no exercise at all, completely sedentary. Level two was the equivalent of walking 30 minutes a day. And you're going to hear, really latch on to that because you're going to hear me mention that again in a minute, that 30 minutes a day. All the way up to level five, this was running an average of 35 miles a week. So level one, nothing. Level five, running 35 miles a week. 
followed them for eight years, and then they looked at the death rate. These sedentary individuals had a death rate more than three times greater than level five, than the most fit. That was huge. But you know what that says to most people, and you may be thinking that as well? I'm not going to run 35 miles a week. You might, and that's great, and go for it if that's what you enjoy doing. But for most people, that's not going to be what they want to do. However, in men, there was almost an identical drop in death rate between the 30 minutes a day group, level two, and the 35 miles running. So you don't have to, and that is just amazing to me that from a heart health standpoint, you can walk 30 minutes a day or you can run 35 miles a week and your heart is not really that much more protected. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you still have the majority of the drop from when you're sedentary to walking 30 minutes a day. So that is still, it's still a case, a case of diminishing returns. That's something I've always taught my clients is exercise is diminishing returns. That once you hit that basic threshold of about a 30 minute walk, five days a week, six, seven days a week, anything beyond that is diminishing returns. But for women, there is a little bit more of a drop going to the next level, going to level three. So having a little bit more time or a little bit more intensity does give a bit more drop. But the still the biggest drop of death rate is between level one, which is sedentary, and level two, which is walk 30 minutes a day. So that is fabulous news. And it's any type of moderate intensity. So it can be walking. But it can also be gardening or home repairs or playing tag with the grandkids or whatever. It's just anything that gets your heart rate up. And this has been the American College of Sports Medicine gold standard recommendation for over 45 years. 30 minutes, five days a week, or vigorous intensity exercise. So like a HIIT training workout, 20 minutes, three days a week. So neither one of those are anywhere near 35 miles of running a week. Now, what's been interesting is in the research, how we have looked recently in the past few years at low intensity exercise. So these recommendations were based on moderate intensity, but low intensity has been found to be better than none. There was even a study put out recently about sleeping is better for the heart than setting. We are so sedentary as a, as a group, adults are so sedentary that simply replacing a few moments of setting with any type of activity, even sleeping or standing, which I mentioned ago, a moment ago, can improve your cardiovascular health. There was some new research in the European Heart Journal conducted by the University of College London and the University of Sydney. They looked at six different studies, so this was pretty close to a meta-analysis. They looked at six different studies involving 15,000 people from five different countries. And the participants used trackers to measure their activity and their heart health over a typical day. People who participated in more activities generally saw better heart health. Standing and sleeping were some of the activities that brought improvement. So collecting steps, you hear about, you know, get your 10,000 steps in a day. Collecting steps throughout the day is low intensity, but it is still way better than being sedentary. So what do you do with all this? For your heart, 
and for you to be here for those that you love, move. Use this information to get motivated to sit less, to move more. In fact, I challenge you, make a list of three activities that would be fun for you, that would get you moving, and try them. Maybe you have done these things in your past. Maybe it's tennis or playing golf, but actually walking the course instead of riding. Whatever it is that you think would be fun for you to start again or to, or to try out new, try it. Just get moving. In fact, this is another way to do it because we was talking about anything that gets your heart rate up. It can even be yard work or home remodeling projects and just go, okay, this weekend we're going to tackle X project and that's going to get my heart rate going. If you are somebody who enjoys exercise and challenging yourself, then go ahead and sign up for that HIT class. I mean, there's, I say these things not to say you don't need to do a high intensity interval class because I enjoy them as well, but I'm saying you pick what you enjoy. And as long as it is within those guidelines of 30 minutes, five days a week, or 20 minutes, three days a week of a higher intensity you're getting enough to help your heart. So look at your schedule for when can you do 20 to 30 minutes of cardio or an activity related to that. And then also, because we know how good resistance training is, look in your schedule for a 20 to 30 minute window a couple of days a week for strength training. And if you're thinking, what in the heck do I do? I've got on my YouTube channel a, a video that shows you some strength training exercises that you can do at home, even some that you can do in your office if you've got a quick lunch break. And I'll link that video into the show notes. Next week, I'm going to go deeper into the benefits of strength training, not just for your heart, but also for your brain, because exercise affects every part of your body and your brain. Cannot wait to talk with you about that next week. Thank you for joining me and investing in yourself today. Who else do you know who needs to hear this? Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, find your path to real wellness and fulfill your potential.